And welcome back. Real Presence live this morning from uh, the shores of Lake Vermilion in northeastern Minnesota. Tower, Minnesota, the exact place to be. St. Martin's Church, part of the Diocese of Duluth. I'm your host this morning in this uh, segment of Real Presence Live. Mark Cheney alongside the radio microphones of Father Nick Nelson. And Father, we are joined this morning by Monsignor Douglas Grams from the Diocese of New Ulm. Good morning, Monsignor. Good morning. Great to have you with us this morning. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, Monsignor Father Nick Nelson here, and uh, thank you for for joining us. And I think uh, this will be a a very nice discussion and segment considering uh, we're in the same boat. So um, I have some idea with, you know, this idea and the process and experience of this, but uh, it'll be good to to hear from you. So, but... um, Thanks for being with us here today. Tell us a little about yourself. Okay, I was I was born in 1960, and I grew up in North Mankato, Minnesota, just at the, the south eastern end of the Diocese of New Ulm, bordering on the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, just across the river. I attended our parish school, and then I left home as a sophomore to Crozier Seminary, where I, in Onamia, Minnesota, for my last three years of high school and two years of junior college, I finished my last two years of college at St. Mary's University in Winona, Minnesota, and then my last four years of theology at the St. Paul Seminary in St. Paul. And then I was very blessed, as many of us are, to, to grow up in a parish where there was often an associate pastor, and the pastor who, you know, they loved being priests, and they, they were a good witness for everyone, especially young people who may be considering a vocation to the priesthood of religious life. And then the school sisters of Notre Dame who staffed our parish school, it wasn't uncommon in those days where they would ask, you know, the question may come up in the course of the day, several times a month, you know, they would ask the boys, how many of you want to be priests? And of course, everybody put up their hands, and they asked the girls, how many of you want to be sisters? And all the girls would put up their hands. So at least just that the opportunity and to be thinking about uh, vocation to the priest or religious life was always before our eyes. So that, that was a very positive experience. Yeah. And then afterward, go ahead. No, I just say I, that's exactly right. And I think it's something that we have to continue to do these days is just have it be part of the, the air and the water that our kids, Catholic kids drink and breathe that, uh, they, they, every normal what every it's normal for every kid to think about, you know, being a priest or religious and, you know, normal boys and girls grow up to be, uh, you know, priests and religious. So that's great. Correct. Correct. And then I was ordained in 1987 and my, first assignment was in St. Mary's Sleepy Eye, and then I kept kind of moving up and down Highway 14, <laughs> and then I, I came to New Ulm to the cathedral, and then I taught, I was there for three years and taught in the Catholic high school, and then I went off to school for two more years, and then I was assigned at St. Mary's Tracy, Minnesota, and St. Paul's Walnut Grove for six on Highway 14, and then 23 years ago, I came to New Ulm 
as the pastor of the Church of St. Mary, and shortly after that, I started work in our um, the diocesan office, the chancery, and I have held various positions while being pastor the whole time, but I've been also working in the diocese now for 23 years. Wow. So you are, you know, Diocese of New Ulm, like the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, is uh, currently without a, a bishop. So what, how did how did your diocese come into that um, situation? And my understanding is you are um, kind of the man in charge. And so how does how is that going? And um, how did that come to be? Correct. Well, at least I want to say for the past few months, um, Bishop Lavore who's now retired, he was considering an early retirement for health reasons. And normally a bishop would submit a letter of resignation at 75, and then within six months to a year, a new bishop would be appointed. But he desired to to do that early. So he he did do that roughly five months earlier than what normally would happen, perhaps. And the Holy Father accepted his resignation on August 6th. And then at that point, the College of Consultors, a group that normally advised the bishop on important matters, met to elect a diocesan administrator. So the, the Church is concerned that there's always somebody to to be a... Um, a leader, a shepherd, if you will, who's going to promote stability and keep things moving forward. And then I was elected the diocesan administrator, I think it was on the 10th of August. And then I'll hold this position until you know, a, new, a new bishop is appointed. So the process of appointing a new bishop, quite complex from my understanding. Can you break that apart for us? Sure. Once the the diocese no longer has a bishop, then at least that normally the the archbishop of the province, in our case that'd be Archbishop Hebda in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and our province is made up of Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, he would make that um, news known, at least he'd be visiting with the nuncio, the Pope's representative in Washington, D.C., and then... Also, at least periodically, the, the bishops of a province meet anyway for a business meeting, and then periodically, in one of those meetings, they also review names of priests who would be worthy candidates to hold the office of bishop. And then those names are submitted to the nuncio, and in our case, that would be Archbishop Christophe Pierre, and he would be in Washington, D.C. And then, so there's always a pool of names that are there. So, and then once a diocese is open, they would, you know, the, the nuncio certainly would, would be consulting with the bishops of the province, and that would move through the, the archbishop. And then they would, of the names that that they've, that the bishops of the province have Put together, they may put them in a um, an order, at least three three names of candidates that they think would be 
um, a good bishop for this particular diocese. And then the, the nuncio in his office in D.C. would review that list of names, and they may add other names as well. <clears throat> and then that list or files are sent to Rome, to the Congregation for Bishops. The congregation then would review the names and the files that accompany them, and they would put them in, a, in an order of first, second, or third, and then they bring to the Holy Father, and then Pope Francis would review them. And then he can also add another name. He, he may have a, a candidate in mind. He would choose. That's certainly his right to do so. But then normally he would take the first choice that the Congregation for Bishops has put forward. And then if the Holy, the Holy Father makes his final decision, that's reported back to the nuncio in the United States, and then as the Pope's representative, he would call the candidate and to see if he would accept or not. Thank you, uh, Monsignor Douglas Grams. He is the diocesan administrator of New Alm at this time. This is Real Presence Live, Father Nick Nelson and Mark Cheney. Um, Monsignor, I, I read something maybe last year. I don't know if you saw this. Um, Cardinal, Cardinal Ouellette, who is the prefect of the Congregation for Bishops, so you mentioned there the Congregation is that organization that is tasked with helping the Holy Father choose bishops. He said 30, 30% of priests these days actually say thanks but no thanks when they get a call. Did you hear that? Are you familiar yes. with that? Yeah. I did. I was surprised by the how high the percentage was. Yeah. That 30% sounds like a large number. Yeah. But it has something to say with, uh, I mean, you're you're experiencing a little bit of what it means to be like in a bishop's sure. shoes, you yeah, can I'm, you can understand why maybe some priests would say no, huh? Correct. It, yeah, the, it's the weight. Yeah, the, yeah, the weight and responsibility of the office, and definitely just the complexity of things that have taken place. I'm sure with regard to sexual misconduct and bankruptcy has also, um, perhaps that's influenced. Um, some of the priests who are saying no. We, um, as you know, we had unfortunate um, events in our diocese, losing our bishop by death suddenly, uh, Bishop Paul Serba, a beloved shepherd of ours, and we had a, um, a priest named Father Michael Malloy, and then he had to resign. And so we're kind of in this um, limbo stage two in the fact that we're kind of wondering, okay, will they start the whole process all over for us, you know, or or maybe they'll just go back to the Holy Father and say, okay, Holy Father, you know, you chose one guy, he didn't work out, but, you know, these are the two other guys on this list, you know, will you pick one of them? Um, so we're trying to figure that out. Do you have any idea or what uh, I don't, our diocese, I, what, what our process will look like? I'm I'm hopeful it's the latter. Yeah. Sorry that you suggested that. That they would, that you would help fill the sea, and that that would just be my hope and prayer for the sake of the Diocese of Duluth. I do remember if when I was in canon law, 
part of the process. Um, if the if the candidate said no, so you know, if it was one of those priests of thirty percent who said no, that the process starts over again from the beginning. So okay. now, so I'm hoping that it's going to be at least a little quicker for the diocese of Duluth. Yeah. Um, Monsignor, you know, diocesan administrator, this is what one of the questions is, okay. Um, like a bishop, but not a bishop. So what can you do? What can't you do? What are the responsibilities do you have? Um, yeah, what? how can you uh, distinguish it from a bishop? Sure. So you have the, the responsibilities of governance and just to make sure that there's a stability and that things continue to move forward in anticipation of, of a new bishop being appointed. It, it's certainly a, it's a time when um, there would be, you don't start any new initiatives, mm-hmm. but just to make sure that everything is staying calm and moving forward. So normally a diocesan administrator has all the responsibilities of a diocesan bishop, but obviously anything that would be required of a bishop um, in terms of ordaining deacons or priests, a diocesan administrator would not do. So a a diocesan administrator could offer dispensations in a normal course that are allowed to a bishop. He would also have the responsibility of teaching and um, ensuring that the discipline of the Church is maintained. We have... um... This this past July, normally, you know, we we have our our priest assignments um, happen, and any changes, any moves, and people notice that all these priests that were assigned to these parishes were named administrators and not pastors. Can you say something to that? Correct. So, a diocese administrator would certainly be charged to make priest assignments, just to make sure that all the all the parishes are have a pat at least have a priest there, but they an administrator cannot appoint a pastor. Okay. So they could they could be a, a parochial administrator, but not a pastor. Okay. Again, it's always to ensure that there's always uh, a shepherd for the flock. There's always a, a clear leader to help to unite us in Jesus' name. This is Real Presence Live. There's more to come with our interview this morning from Monsignor Douglas Grams from the Diocese of New Ulm. We'll be right back. This is Mark Cheney along with Father Nick Nelson from St. Martin's Church in Tower, Minnesota. And this is Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. As a working mother, I was thrilled to learn about the University of Mary's new online Catholic-infused graduate programs that truly work around my schedule. University of Mary knows that choosing to continue your education at this point in life can be both challenging and rewarding. That's why we've created a robust portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online programs to make choosing easy. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Hi, I'm Pat Lave from the uh, Our Lady Lakes 
Council in Spicer, New London, uh, Minnesota. And uh, I'm a Knight, have been for at least 12 to 15 years, charter member of our council. And I really believe that for us to build up our church on earth, uh, men gathering together and supporting our priests and uh, religious and working together for the common good, the people around our area and throughout the world. And I believe we need everybody to help. It doesn't take one person. It takes everybody to pitch in and to do the work that needs to be done for the glory of God. What I love about Real Presence Radio is it seems like whenever I'm struggling with something and I turn on the radio, that seems to be the topic that they're talking about. So thank you, Lord, for Real Presence Radio in my life. My friend's been trying to convert me for years. I have a long commute, and he told me to turn to Real Presence Radio. After listening to Catholic Answers for about nine months, I'm happy to say that my wife and I have converted to the faith. Hello again, everyone. This is Mark Holcraft, Executive Director of Real Presence Radio. Thank you for calling in with your support during our fall live drive. We didn't quite reach our goal of $625,000 and still need your help. If you didn't get a chance to call in, it's not too late. Call 877-795-0122 or you can donate online at www.realpresenceradio.com. Again, thank you for your generous support of Real Presence Radio. Our mission continues only because of God's faithfulness and your generosity. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And we are back. It is Real Presence Live on this Friday morning from Tower, Minnesota, St. Martin's Church, part of the Diocese of Duluth. Mark Cheney, your host this morning, along with Father Nick Nelson and our special guest, Monsignor Douglas Grams from the Diocese of New Ulm. Welcome back to our program. Monsignor, um, it's been great talking to you, especially uh, we're in the same boat as as you all are down there. and. Uh, just thank, thankful for you uh, to say yes. I, I know people in your diocese, the priests especially as well, are probably stretched. And um, I'm guessing you, do you even have a, another parish assignment concurrently too? Correct. Five okay. parishes. Okay. And the diocesan administration. Wow. So God, but, God bless you. Yeah. I'm also blessed with three associates. Okay. But still, yeah, a, a definitely a lot of... Um, responsibility. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the whole process and, um, ultimately it's the, the Holy Father who chooses, although he gets a lot of help. Why, why do we as a Catholic church do that? I mean, why don't we just, you know, why can't, uh, you know, some priest just come by and say, Hey, uh, guys, let's, uh, I'll be Bishop. And, uh, you know, you know, the, maybe just the local priest just say, okay, we want this guy to be Bishop. Why, why does the church do it the way she does it? There's certainly a concern for consistency um, and orthodoxy. They want to make sure that the, the candidate who's going to be promoted as bishop, you know, the universal law of the church, would say that they enjoy a good reputation. There's kind of an age recommendation that they're at least 35 years old and at least ordained for five years, and also that they would have uh, possessed either, you know, some advanced degree in theology, scripture, or canon law, or have the expertise in one of those areas, and that also that they have 
you know, they they're known for being a pastor, a shepherd, a good teacher, a leader, and that they're also in communion with the church, so that there's um, a continuity with the yeah. apostles. Yeah, you just mentioned um, a number of that characteristics that are important um, that the church wants to see in her shepherds, uh, their, her bishops. Um, so what are, you know, what are you, may personally, what is your diocese, the laity, the priest, what are you looking for in, in, a, in a bishop? What, what type of bishop, you know, what are some of the qualities that you hope to see in your next shepherd? Sure. Good question. That was, we just finished our clergy days this past Tuesday and Wednesday, and we were working with the Spitzer Institute, helping us, you know, look at priestly unity, and we we filled out a questionnaire for them that they put together several months ago, and they knew that we were without a bishop, okay. and looking for, that we were, you know, anxiously anticipating the appointment of our fifth bishop, so they, they, did, they included a question with the priests of the diocese, of what they would, what are the characteristics they're looking for, and again, they were saying, you know, someone, it would be a, you know, a priest who would you see himself as, you know, a real father, someone who's going to foster unity among the priest. Also, you know, a man of prayer, a deep love for the liturgy, the sacraments, and especially the Eucharist. You know, someone like Bishop Lavoie, you know, yeah. prayerful, humble servant, willing to serve. And, you know, somebody who is, you know, has, as a shepherd, would have the heart of a priest, you know, gained through parish experience. And then obviously they're also looking at somebody who would have an understanding of our small rural parishes as a very rural diocese in Minnesota. And, you know, they'd like to see someone like our Lord who can <laughs> walk on water and <laughs> multiply boats and fishes on a daily basis. We would all like to so see we've that. Got, we've got high expectations. Well, good. But definitely a man of prayer. What would you, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Bishop Lavoir. Uh, what what would you remember him for? Is a particular, you know, uh, what would you say maybe part of his legacy would be as a, as Bishop of uh, New Alm? I believe you, that would make, make he was the fourth bishop, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah. I'm saying just a, a gentle, very gentle soul, good listener, um, present to the people, and clearly, a pastor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you could just tell that he, he, he knew what it was like, um, that he gained all that um, experience of being the pastor of parishes. Monsignor, typically, when you we talk about the process of appointing a new bishop, what Time frame. I mean, uh, that that's so hard and so difficult to put it in perspective. But on a, on a, if we if we could call it a normal situation, what were, what would we be looking at? Normally, it it, it looks like six months to a year. Okay. And then at this point in time, we only have six. The last time I checked, I think there's only seven dioceses in the United States that are without a bishop. And that does change. That changes from, you know, week to week. But 
that's a relatively low number. And how many of those dioceses are in Minnesota then? Three. Three. Okay. Which is very unique. And sometimes, so be, if they have a, um, you know, it's a if it's a retirement, you know, sometimes the the church. Uh, the Holy Father and the Vatican be can be a little more prepared, right? Because they, they see this guy getting near seventy five, and maybe Correct. they don't start the process, but they're they're ready at least, you know, to, to think aware. about that. Yeah. Correct, and they also are aware of perhaps the health of the of the bishop. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not uncommon where if you know if you if you're enjoying good health and you submit your resignation. At 75, which is what the universal law would ask a bishop to do when you reach that age. And if you're enjoying good health, they may not, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll thank you, acknowledge the fact that we received your, the Holy Father has received your letter of, of, res, of retirement, and that will we'll let you know when there's, um, when your successor is appointed. So it, it could even take another year yet for yeah. that to take Monsignor, yeah, Monsignor, uh, we're speaking with Monsignor Douglas Grams, who is of the Diocese of New Ulm, the diocesan administrator. Um, they are currently without a bishop. This is Father Nick Nelson and um, Mark Cheney here, Real Presence Live. Um, I'm sure you get the question, you know, Monsignor, you know, uh, would they ever make you a bishop? So what do you, what would you, you say to that? Or especially in particular, would they ever make you the bishop of New Ulm? I'm sure you had that Norm- question. Yeah, how do you respond? Norm- normally not. No, yeah, normally that would they would it would be a, a priest from um, another part of the United States or another part of our province. Okay. I I see that as kind of a an extension or consistent with our Lord Himself. You know, He goes home to Nazareth after He's doing all these miracles, healings all across Galilee, but He goes back to Nazareth and uh, He doesn't get that warm welcome uh, elsewhere. Yeah. And He says, Correct. A prophet is not without honor except in his native yes. town. Yeah. So it's it's hard, I think, whether it's the laity or even the priest, <laughs> to have their brother priest. Go from being a brother priest to being, you know, the man in charge. I think that's part of it. And even in our diocese, we don't have the prac. We have the practice of usually not sending a priest um, assigned to his home parish, at least, you know, not initially Correct. for that same reason. So, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 In the complex process, uh, can you can you? Brief us on where you're at with your diocese and where the search is and what what steps you're at at this point. We're open. We've been without a bishop now for approximately two and a half months. Okay. So I'm, I'm I think they're they're just they're probably in the process of, of gathering information, um, potentially names may have been submitted from the province already, and perhaps those are being examined by the the nuncio at this point in time in Washington, D.C. Yeah, it's, um, we, we know what it's like, and again, thankful, thank, 
thankful to you, grateful to you, um, Monsignor. Uh, we're grateful for uh, Father Jim Bissonette, you know, of our diocese. This is his second time around doing it. Yes. Is this your first time or Se- second time? Okay, your second time around too. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's probably something where you know the first time you thought, oh, I won't have to do this again, maybe, and. What do you know? You're you're doing it again, and it's it's challenging. And I, you know, I'm I'm grateful to you and Father Jim because he's a pastor too. And so, obviously, you there there are things that aren't that you can't do. You can't be everywhere at once. And you know, your parishioners are probably being heroic because, you know, obviously they're they're not able to to have their pastor maybe around as as much as possible as they would Correct. like. And so, uh, <laughs> we're they're, they're very understanding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blessed at, with, the, with the parishes, with a united staff for the five parishes, and the diocesan staff here as well are just people are, are very helpful. Yeah. It's, a very, support. it's a very complex process that we understand, but what Correct. can you, obviously it's got some teaching to us as Catholics, what does it bring about? What does it stir in our hearts and the importance sure. of our Catholic faith? Right. Much like having, uh, the Church is concerned to make sure that there's always a pastor or a, a, a parish or a group of parish, parishes, that this is demonstrate to make sure that the process of choosing a bishop is carefully done. It's the churches demonstrate the church's concern that there's always a shepherd for the flock, that there's always somebody who's a, a clear head you know, to lead us closer and deeper in our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, it's going to be a bishop who's going to, to teach, um, to lead us in prayer, and to guide us as we move toward heaven. Amen. Monsignor Douglas Grahams, Diocesan Administrator of uh, New Alm at this time, we, we thank you. We're so grateful for you coming on and speaking with us. And uh, we hope you get um, a bishop soon, but not sooner than us. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And so we're in the same boat. And so we, we have compassion and empathy for each other. And uh, we just do our best until uh, the Lord sends us each another shepherd. So thank you for being with us today. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you for your time. We've been talking with Monsignor Douglas Grams of the Diocese of New Ulm. Monsignor is the diocesan administrator there. And uh, the process, quite complex, of what goes into appointing a new bishop. Yeah. uh, Intriguing, very intriguing. Yeah. It's been a a good morning, Mark. A lot going on there. And the the two hours have really uh, flown by here as we are are broadcasting live from St. Martin's Catholic Church in Tower. Mark Cheney, along with uh, Father uh, Nick Nelson, Real Presence Live. And uh, it's just been a great day, a great Friday. What a way to wrap up a a week. It's very good. And uh, so wrapping up the week. And so the next Real Presence Live will be Monday. And I think we have uh, Eli with... uh, uh, preview of next show i sure do thanks father great show today a lot of interesting guests that uh, the last one was very interesting about the the, the bishop selection process and how all that works that's kind of cool so got another good one coming up monday morning with father tim Beeren and matt wilcom they'll be hosting live from saint charles church in saint charles minnesota they'll start off the show with ian murphy talking about his story from agnostic to baptist to catholic
Then Paul sends, well, tell us about the secrets of Fatima and why they're important. Plus, we'll get to meet Father Paul Check. He's the from the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. He's the executive director there. So all that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. And just a reminder that if you missed any of the uh, episodes of Real Presence Live this past week or, or any time, uh, you can find those on our website, realpresenceradio.com. Just look for podcasts, and you can catch those anytime or on the Real Presence Radio app. Right back to you. And it's been a great morning here, Real Presence Live from Tower, Minnesota, St. Martin's Church. And uh, we, we, we touched on this just a brief amount of time, Father, about our fall live drive that we had last week. We were here and uh, we were broadcasting live from uh, this beautiful location. And I was happened to be the opportunity to be, in addition to this, down in, in Virginia with uh, Father Brandon and uh, part of his live drive. And we would love just to say a huge thank you to those generous donors for supporting our great radio station during the live drive and throughout the year as well. Yeah, we, we only do a live drive, you know, twice a year. And so uh, that's that's the money that we take in to run the, the whole shows and all the, the programming here um, on Real Presence Live. And so we're grateful to those who gave. And if you weren't able to, if you weren't uh, tuning in last week, uh, you're free to give at any time. So please uh, go to yourcatholicradiostation.com and and uh, be a part of the, the great apostle in bearing fruit and uh, saving souls. As we wrap up this morning from Tower, Father, can you uh, kind of summarize and close us in prayer this morning? Yes, let's do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, give you thanks and praise for all the blessings in our life, and particularly this wonderful day. Thank you for the faith of all our guests, all our listeners. Uh, any anxiety, stresses that any of our listeners are going through, we ask you to, to hear them and to give them peace. Let them know that you're always with them. Let them know, especially our Blessed Mother is interceding for them as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's our show this morning from Tower. Thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.